Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Kat. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, how's it going in Tennessee? It's going very well. It's beautiful and sunny and all the bugs are out and the allergies are going. Uh, It's perfect. I know. We had a very mild winter. So the allergy season, of course, because of that is much more intense this year. But you know what? I love, love, love when we get to daylight savings time and everything is back in little happy land where it's daylight longer and it's just all good stuff. Yeah, I hear you. We really can't complain here either. We're seeing 60s and 70s every day and... Wow, that's huge for you guys. I know. It's finally (laughs) spring. Yeah, (laughs) it's good stuff. So what are we talking about today, Kat? We are going to talk about anatomy and I'm really... uh, It's funny, I was thinking because, you know, I'm starting another teacher training this week and I was working on the anatomy portion for this first month and I started, I was thinking about some of the people that are in the class and how I don't know that they expect, expected ahead of time that they really need to learn anatomy. And so I started thinking about how I was going to present to them why they need to know anatomy. Well, they really, I mean, bottom line is you need to know, you have to have a good basis of anatomy so that you can practice safe yoga. You know, and it'll keep you safe. It'll help you. And as a teacher, it'll help you teach more effective classes. And it makes the yoga more enjoyable to your students. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, people, they're either super anatomy focused or they're super unaware of anatomy, right? <laughs> like it, it's yeah. like two, two breeds. And the people who are super anatomy focused maybe have had some education in anatomy already. They already know their body very well, or they've had in- Injury, so they've had structure and explanation given to them, you know, as a, a form of need, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a class of people who are like, oh, I put my foot where? Right. And and that's yeah. lovely because they're in it and they're they're so in it, right? Mm-hmm. That they kind of just disappear out of their body. But we have to kind of bring them back in and and still kind of guide them anatomically because all things in yoga, right? You consider the importance of structure and stability so that you don't injure yourself. And although injuries in yoga aren't super common, they are common and they tend to be the injuries that maybe are a little harder to heal because they're, you know, maybe insertion point injuries or their deep tendon or fascia injuries, mm-hmm. as opposed to bang, break my bone. And six weeks later, I'm out of the cast and I'm good again. Right. So they're, the injuries are a little bit more subtle, but maybe longer to heal. Yeah, And they are injuries in areas that you use all the time. You know, wrist problems are so common in yoga. Shoulder issues can be common in yoga. And you can't really, unless you put a brace on or somehow immobilize that you use your those joints all the time. Knees, you, so there's a lot of issues with that as well. You 100%. Know, just, um, and so I know you and I talked about doing this as a two-part series and we're like, well, are we going to have enough information to fill two parts? We're probably going to get talking and then end up having a four-part series. So at this point, <laughs> friends, we're calling it a two-part series 
series where we're kind of been going to be talking about the lower half of the body, the feet, the knees, the ankles, the hips. And then the second half, we're going to be talking about wrists, elbows, shoulders, and and hopefully that's how it'll go. But you never know. You never yep, know. You just never know. Cat <laughs> and I get to chit-chatting about it. Well, you just never know. So let's talk about all of the lower body parts. Mm-hmm. So we have the feet, which mm-hmm. offers us grounding and stability. We have the ankles. The ankles are kind of like that balance point for us. We have mm-hmm. the knee. The knees that, you know, help us to buffer all the things in our lives, right? It, they act as our shock absorbers. We have our hips and our hips are the basis of our spine. They help in keeping our low back supported and protected. So having alignment, the feet, the ankles, the knees, the hips is kind of critical for everything in the upper body anyways. It's all of our foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we talk about the hips and the lower body, that's an easy segue into the back because so much of what happens in the lower body can contribute to concerns with the low back as well. I had one of my instructors in, I think it was my 200 hour, make this really unique statement that has always just stuck with me. If a person is complaining about a joint, take and consider what is the joint below it because that's probably where the misalignment is happening. And I was like, wait a second. I got to think about that, (laughs) right? But it's true, like, right? If we notice that people are having discomfort in their shoulders, then we first look to, A, are they locking out their elbows in plank and chaturanga? Or B, are they holding their wrists too rigidly, putting too much weight in the heels of their hands? Are their hands maybe not turned properly. And so it's putting additional, I mean, like you consider we do it naturally. We're like, oh, okay, well, let's look at how your plank looks. And what's the first thing we look at is the joints below it. It makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Same thing. Like when a person complains about discomfort in their hips in say warrior one, then we look at their knees. Are their knees caving in? Are their knees overextended? Are their knees over their ankles? Like what's the alignment? of their knees and then or we move to their feet and we say okay well maybe you need to separate your feet onto railroad tracks so that you have a little bit more space for your hips Mm -hmm. right like we we automatically do it we just never realized how Mm -hmm. important the platform of the joint below it is for the stability above it well and that's why it's so important to properly stack properly to align yourself because if you are improperly stacking those joints then you're just kind of asking for problems. And so many, especially new beginner students, they don't know. And so helping new people get a basic understanding of anatomy in class. And that's that's a very big call for teachers to have, I guess. But you've seen those students that have no body awareness at all. You tell them to pull their rib cage back and they jut it out. You tell them to quit leaning forward in warrior two and they lean forward more. They just have no body awareness. And so helping them understand the joints and stacking your body and the ways that you protect it, the ways you either move to the midline or away from the midline, using all of these kind of tools 
tools in just a very basic way can make the biggest difference in someone's practice and, well, actually even in someone's life, just the way they move through their life if they have more spatial awareness, more body awareness. Oh, we have no, we have like no true concept of the importance of proprioception in the body until we have situations of like cancer treatment where you're dealing with neuropathy and now all of a sudden you're realizing, wow, it was really critical for me to know what proprioception is. And our listeners are probably like, okay, what is proprioception, right? And it's a, it's the concept that you know where your body exists in space. And here's the example. You have somebody who moves into warrior two and they're looking over their right hand and they think that their right arm is level and they think that their left arm is level too, but their left arm is like three inches higher or three inches lower mm-hmm. than the other arm because they're not proprioceptively recognizing where their body limbs are. Mm-hmm. And a good way to really test this and check on this is to have your students close their eyes and practice with their eyes closed mm-hmm. and really see if they can't get into that alignment without using a mirror or their eyesight to see mm-hmm. or, you know, you have students who will be in class and you'll give a cue and they'll look down, they'll look at their body like, oh, am I doing that? <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. They completely take themselves out of the posture to be looking around and see if they're in the posture. <laughs> so well, it's so ironic. Well, and then you throw them a curveball, And I, I would say, I was thinking about the different poses that people struggle with the most as far as that. And one of the biggest ones, well, of course, any inversion, people banana back and do all kinds of crazy stuff, but half moon pose. That is one that people just, they struggle with that extended leg. It's either way back behind their body or it's lifted way up or lifted way down. And they truly, even the most, even the advanced class, I noticed they truly can't feel where their body is. And so I usually stick them on the wall then and they're like, oh, okay. You know, so it's, it is interesting. So anatomy, I think is just so important to, even if you don't want to become anatomy expert, to have a true good basic understanding and what poses in yoga help that, what you can do to keep your muscle system, your musculoskeletal system healthy, things that you can do. And, you know, we'll talk all about that kind of stuff. Right? Like, so mm-hmm. let's consider ground up. Mm-hmm. So let's start at the feet. And and then we'll just take the series, however many episodes it takes for us to get through the body. But let's start at the feet. Okay? And, and you and I both know there's a whole line of intelligence to lifting toes and postures. How often do you tell your students to lift their toes? Right. Students in postures tend to grip their toes, tend to squeeze their toes, tend to try and hold on to the earth with their toes. Mm-hmm. I always call it the death grip on the mat. Yeah. And yeah. what it is actually doing is decreasing stability. Mm -hmm. People don't realize it. They think they're holding on better if they're using their toes. And the theory in our yoga and our anatomy intelligence is, is that if we lift the toes, we're actually also engaging the arches. So when we squeeze the toes, the arches aren't engaged. But if we lift the toes, the arches will engage. And by engaging the arches, we actually stabilize the heel, what we tend to call the four four points of the foot, we actually engage the heel and the ball mound of the foot, which actually stabilizes the ankles. I did this for, uh, I did an event last Thursday night, the women's group, and I had the ladies lifting their toes and just standing there and noticing, like just trying to rock around on their feet with their toes lifted. And the amount of eyes that opened, and this was at a chiropractor.
chiropractic clinic. These women have been dealing with chronic back pain and the likes for eons and had no realization how much stability they were missing out on by not engaging their arches and their feet. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, it doesn't make, I always like to help, we always want a good, strong foundation. And when we're death gripping on the mat, we're shrinking our foundation. And you could argue that you're lessening it by lifting the toes, but no, you're not because you're planting the entire solid foot on the, instead of just death gripping and getting a good grip with the toes and letting the rest of the foot just hang on however it hangs on. So you always want to have a nice, good, solid, the largest foundation you can get. And that, I I love the way you explained it. Um, Because I I have people lift their toes all the time, but I've never explained it to them as that engages their arches. So as you were talking about that, I'm sitting here flexing my toes and pointing (laughs) under the desk going, heck yeah, that's exactly what it does. So I'll use that cue. And I think that will help people um, use that. So if anyone's a teacher or just a practitioner that's listening, of course, you probably are. Try that the next time. If you're in tree pose, lift your toes up and really plant your whole foot solidly on your mat. Yeah, 100%. And I love that you bring in the term grounding because it really will change your practice. And you say take it on and off the mat. This is 100% something you can do to naturally calm the central nervous system is to truly root down. Even when you're standing in the kitchen and you're about ready to blow your lid at your kid who won't finish his dinner, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like, right? Root down, settle in, lift your toes, take a deep breath and calm yourself down, like, right? Mm -hmm. You can use this on and off the mat. Go outside in your grass and stand in your grass. You don't even have to be a yoga wizard. All you have to do (laughs) is stand in your grass and lift your toes. But you might feel like a yoga wizard when you do that and you get that sensation. (laughs) (laughs) You may do. (laughs) Lightning bolts. <laughs> and so let's move up the body to the well, knee. Well, um, oh. I did want to give some yoga poses that might help strengthen the ankles and Ooh, the feet for people. I love that. So if you, I, I know I've got a lot of women in my classes. I don't notice the men, but I've got a lot of women that come in and they have weak ankles. They've turned their ankle. And so I've al- I'm always very focused on what poses can strengthen different body parts. Um, balancing poses like tree pose, they promote suppleness in your lower legs and your ankles and your feet. So that's a great one. So that's an, also a perfect place to use Tanya's grounding and driving that arch down into the ground. Some things that you can do with tree pose is you can put a you can put a foot your foot on the floor, you can put it on the block. You can place the lifted leg on your, you know, keep a toe on the floor if you struggle with balance. You can put it on your calf. You can put it on the upper thigh. You don't want to put it on the knee because, you know, we're always protecting joints. And if you're wobbling when you're doing tree pose, you're doing really some really great things for your body. You're not only balancing, but you're strengthening. So if you think about it, the next time you're in a balancing pose, standing on one leg, notice how much harder you have to work. And so you're strengthening all of those muscles and tendons and strengthening that whole lower body just by trying to balance. Uh, Another great one is eagle. Eagle's a great one. One One-legged big toe. Even standing poses like uh, warrior one. Warrior one's a, it's a back bending pose, but close your eyes and do warrior one. All of a sudden it's a huge balancing pose and it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful strengthener for your ankles and your feet. Triangle 
angle. It's another great one. The front foot's in plantar flexion there. It's a fabulous pose to work on all of that stability in the legs. Warrior two is another great one. You can increase your flexibility and your strength when you're doing a lot of these. And all of these, of course, are weight-bearing. So we want weight-bearing exercises to help strengthen our bones. You know, something that if you do have issues, you might want to be mindful of. If you have a sprained ankle, stress fractures, plantar fasciitis, tears in the Achilles, you can still, as long as you have doctor's permission, you can still come to class, but make sure your teacher knows so they can give you good modifications for that. Because I've always got someone broken in every class. We all do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, your teacher has dealt with broken people before because that's why a lot of people come to class. They can't do, they can't run marathons, so they're going to do yoga until they heal. But, you know, so you can still do that, but just make sure people give you, you talk to your teacher and they'll give you some additional help on those poses if you have injuries. Yeah. And so as long as we walk down that road, just a couple poses I want to add to that is child's pose. Child's pose is a really great stretch for the top of the feet and the ankle because of the position of the feet. And I would say consider, you know, all forms of child's pose with the knees together, with the knees apart. Like those are great stretches for the ankles. And then also consider like a dynamic cat-cow to child's pose. But maybe as you do it that you consider tucking under the toes so that you can be stretching through the bottom of the feet, stretching the arches, stretching Mm -hmm. through the fascia, and really working through breaking down any tightness in the bottom bottom of the feet and or any sort of scar tissue that's been building up from p- past injuries or from just maybe you stand for your job all day, mm-hmm. like, right? Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so then let's move on up to the knees. And let's talk about the knees in yoga. Um, <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> that might be its whole, its episode on all by itself. We may definitely not get past the knees on this episode. And then we'll just have to keep on moving up after that. <laughs> <laughs> knees are kind of a tricky thing, right? Because like you look at a person like me who's had multiple knee surgeries. I can't not think about my knees when I'm doing yoga. Right. I literally cannot not. And it's kind of, I don't want to say debilitating, but it's frustrating, right? Like I've worked Mm -hmm. many years on managing my knee issues, but there are things that are problematic for my knee. Child's pose is one of them. I can do child's pose, but I am mindful to always have blocks between my legs underneath my hips so that if an instructor were to adjust me in child's pose, that I know I can never be over pushed so that I know I can never over flex my knee. And then you also consider that for me, kneeling postures are tricky. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing any sort of like bird dog, like it's tricky for me to bird dog on my left knee. I have to be super mindful of making sure that I have adequate padding, that I am protecting my knee because it doesn't take but two minutes for me to aggravate my knee and then spend two days with inflammation in my knee, you know, having literally gone backwards, right? Well, you know, we might want to give, because we've talked about how hard it is to talk about the knee and how much information it is. So just a real quick anatomy of the knee, if the knee joints, one of the most complex joints in the body, and the 
it joins the thigh bone, the femur, uh, to the femur, to the shin bone, to the tibia, the smaller bone that runs beside the tibia, the fibula, and the kneecap, and the patella are the bones that make up that whole knee joint. The tendons connect the knee bones to the leg bones that move the knee joint, and ligaments join the knee bones, and they provide stability in the knee. So there, it's just such a complicated joint, and that's why, because there's so many moving parts and st- stabilizing parts in that joint itself, that's one of the biggest reasons why almost everyone has experienced some kind of knee pain in their life. Yeah, 100%. And we also need to like reference that the knee is one of the joints in the body that doesn't really fall directly into a standard joint. It is not a hinge joint like the elbow. It is not a pivotal joint like the shoulder, which is ball and socket, or the hip, which is ball and socket. And yet we ask our knee to both hinge and pivot. And so that's why there is so much tendency towards injury because to plant and pivot is usually how people injure their knees. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Excellent. So let's talk about some of the things that we think are so important, right? I know that we kind of like breezed through it when we were throwing out, you know, uh, the importance of joints before. One of the things to consider in yoga is A, that we're, like you said, stacking properly. That's really important for the knee. And when we say stack properly, we generally mean that the knee is directly over the ankle. The only time that that might not be the case is maybe in a chair pose, but in a chair pose, then we say as the knee comes forward it should never cross the toe plane absolutely that we need to protect that joint the other consideration is sometimes when we're in like a split posture or we're in an external rotation posture that we also want to consider that as we externally rotate the hip that we need that knee to be lined up between the second and third toes we don't want that knee kind of caving in over the big toe and we don't want to overcorrect so that knee is all the way over the pinky toe, we really want to make sure that that kneecap kind of lines up with the second and third toe. And those kinds of fine tuning, if we're not teaching a class with enough verbs and words, our students won't get that. They won't know those details. We have to explain that. And we have to explain the importance of it. And we can't we can't assume because we're teaching a an advanced class or an intermediate class that those students don't need that reminder. Because I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, a lot of the advanced classes, people just get, they're tired or they get lazy and they are like, okay, I know that. And they flow through and they're not as aware until you remind them. Then all of a sudden everything comes back and they've got, you know, their good form again. So if, you know, you want to make sure, even if you consider yourself a, an advanced person, double check yourself, especially those knees. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And then the other important critical sort of piece to consider is anytime you're not on your feet, the alignment for your knees, say that you're in figure four or you're seated in like a bound angle or the likes that your feet should be flexed. And the reason for this, like you think supine pigeon, the moment that we flex the feet when there is no pressure on the foot, AKA the floor or your body weight, then what we're doing is we're creating that stabilization as if the floor were still there or as if we were weight bearing. So when we flex that foot, we activate the tendons in the ankles and it goes all the way up to protect the knee. Mm -hmm. So the importance of flexing the feet when we are not bearing weight on them 
is important. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, totally cool. So let's talk about some poses. What are some great poses that you like for knees? Well, I've got several. Bound angle, it's wonderful because it lightly stretches the knees and it opens up the hip flexors and the inner thighs and groin and all of those muscles affect the knees. So to avoid stressing the knees, you might want to start this pose with the knees only slightly bent, then move your feet a little closer to your groin only with your degree of comfort and and even over time on that one. But bound angle is a great one. I do also, especially for people that I know have had knee replacements or knee concerns, I'll sometimes have them put blocks under their knees to support support them. All the warrior poses are incredible. You've already mentioned that several times and about the stacking, the joints in warriors, but all the warriors, warrior one, warrior two, warrior three, they all help strengthen the muscles that surround the knees and they help help improve the stability of the knee joint as well as just your overall balance. The main thing with this one though is like Tanya mentioned is keeping that 90 degree angle with that knee. So always in the warriors, keeping the knee at right over the ankle. And bridge pose is another one that I really like for the knees. It places the knee in a real comfortable position of flexion at about 90 degrees. And it also helps strengthen strengthens the glutes and the, your core muscles and your quads. And all of those, again, help support the knee in some way, shape, or form. And then legs up the wall. I know that one's just lying on your back with your legs, you know, up against the wall. But this pose helps reduce swelling and inflammation throughout the entire lower body while regulating blood flow. So those are some of my favorite ones for the knees. Cool. And then consider too chair pose for strengthening the knees. Mm-hmm. As long as alignment is proper, it is very leg intensive and it is really great for building stability through the IT band, which is going to help build stability through the knee capsule in general. Mm-hmm. And then flip that and think about supine pigeon where you're really working now on stretching through the IT band all the way up into the low back but also just stretching through all of the tendons on the we'll say external side of the leg which Mm -hmm. is really great too Mm -hmm. awesome awesome you know another thing that we uh, that people use a lot studio if you do have you mentioned like in bird dog and some like camel pose some of those poses that you have your weight on your knees you can take your mat the front of your mat, flip it over a couple of times to give yourself extra cushioning. You can also buy, TJ Maxx has tons of those little knee, looks like little knee <laughs> knee yoga mats. A lot of our students bring those. You can literally just buy one of those gardening mats that they have for mm-hmm. your knees. But they do also make what's called a suka mat, S-U-K-H-A. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use. It is designed for yoga use. They're maybe $15, but they're life changers. And I just have my suka mat underneath my my mat at all times in the position I would normally have my knees. And if you want, you can get yourself a two-pack for people who have wrist stuff and you put one where your hands would be and where your knees would be. Mm-hmm. And then your mat just lays over the top of it, but it's got the extra cushion where the heels of your hands would be and where your knees would be. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this concludes episode one of our anatomy series and we covered the feet and the knees and so the next one we'll just keep on going up so that is what it is we love talking anatomy and alignment we thought we were going to be able to plow through so much more but clearly we're not because we chit chat too much well stay tuned perfect i'm kat khan and i'm tanya rice
And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.